0: All right, guys, welcome to episode 149 of the Different Animals Podcast. It's your boy, Tyler.
1: And I'm Ever Castro.
0: And this week, we talk about Napoleon, Godzilla Minus One, Renaissance, Loki Season 2, Die Hard, Eileen. We talk about uh, Final Fantasy twelve. We talk about getting our shit absolutely rocked in Street Fighter VI. <laughs> um, we talk about a Miyazaki movie. We talk about a Ghibli movie. Those are two different things. Uh, <laughs> we we'll talk about the boy and the heron. Uh, the voice acting, uh, we talk about the uh, degeneracy that is the contract of Shohei Otani, uh, and all, all the illegal bullshit involved with that, um, and then we we, uh, we wax uh, poetic about the, the days of Tony Romo and how it compares to Dak Prescott uh, today, and also uh, we pre-order our Tommy DeVito jerseys.
2: <laughs>
0: but first... Uh, so it has been uh, three weeks. Uh, we took an extra week as we are kind of leading into the holiday season. Um, and I, I guess just to give you a, a, a slight bit of background here, um, we normally record on Wednesday nights, and my kids uh, go to church on Wednesday nights, and so I get a little free time for like an hour before we record. And uh, the reason I'm bringing that up is that, uh, Before I explain this uh, about Street Fighter 6, if you could do me a favor and begin to Google Mm -hmm. something, and if you could just look up top SF6 players, just go ahead and look that up and and click on the first link you find, I'm sure. And so what I'm going to say is that uh, there's there's a set of ranks in Street Fighter, like uh, Mm -hmm. the rank system, and it goes like uh, rookie, iron, bronze, silver, gold, platinum, diamond, master. And once you Mm -hmm. hit master, you're in like the top of the top. And there's like a separate skill point that they rate you off of once you're in there. Mm. Now, the thing is, is you can, you do 10 placement matches at the beginning and it will mm. not place you in master. Um, the highest it'll place you now is diamond five, which is one step before master. Mm-hmm. And uh, But before recently it was diamond one. Um, and the other thing I need to mention is that if you are, if you have, three of uh the ranks are separated by character. I don't know if mm-hmm. Overwatch was like that. I don't think it was. Um no. mm-hmm. it was uh it was kind of like that for a role though, right? If I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah every time you, if you did just the support one, you'd get just the support wins and losses and then so it'd be a while before you capped the full like five right wins in one character. Yeah. So or one so, um
0: role. Yeah, so this one like you could have Ryu, Ken, uh and dalsim at master and if Mm -hmm. you go to play uh let's say a new character named Manon, uh Mm -hmm. you'll do the placement matches and you'll end up in diamond five or diamond one depending on when you do them even if you're clearly just gonna immediately like blow through it right Mm -hmm. um so i say that to say that i am currently diamond one uh and i'm assuming that the person i played Probably got this character done with the placement matches before mm-hmm. they made it so that you can place into Diamond Five. Uh, okay. So, like this person was Diamond One also, and there's mm-hmm. no reason they wouldn't have been placed in Diamond Five, one step away from Master. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, okay. if you if you if you just read the list of, of top players, you mm-hmm. won't have to go far. Go ahead and what start it, reading. Was more. it a? Da- is this the Dash Fight right? Uh, either way, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't matter what list you look at; it's gonna have this dude on it. Okay. Us. <laughs> All right.
1: Um, top one is um Menard. Maynard? Yep. Uh, Menard. D. No, not him. Is uh Zane Zion? Nope. Binom? Nope. Mister Crimson. Nope. Punk. That's him. Uh, that dude
0: smoked me. Uh, just, just like thirty minutes ago. I absolutely dogged the shit out of me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, like, I used to watch them stream some, and so, like, there's, like, a, a little, like, club that you can be in, mm-hmm. and, like, their username and the person they're playing. Like, all the info's kind of on the screen. And, like, as the match starts, I see the club, and it's Alpha Academy, which is, like, what he calls, like, his streamers. And I was like, oh, this dude must watch Punk. And then I looked at the name, and it was his username, and I was like, okay. And then I looked, and he was on a 20-win streak, and I was like, okay. Oh.
2: <laughs> Got my and man and like, like, you're like, huh. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so got absolutely cooked. Um, so I just, yeah, I just feel like I throw that out there. This is the first time I've ever run into like a situation
1: where I'm playing a dude who's
0: like literally top five
1: in the whole world or something. Did um, you get a like a um, what'd you call like a like a punch in or like were you close? Like was it or was it pretty much I just had, like a squash? Right, so, and... so so I mean,
0: it's every fight is two rounds and it's a mm-hmm. first to two in the in the rank set. Um, so uh, if he won all the rounds, there would only be four rounds played. Um, so there were only four rounds played, <laughs> and <laughs> I did get close on one round. Other than that, it did not okay, look good. Okay. Also, also, I had a couple, like, things where I just, like, I, I would do, like, a, a punch, and I'm supposed to follow it up with this one thing. Totally just blanked. I was fucking, I was shook, bro.
1: <laughs> so I Man, do, and
0: I was like, oh, God. If if I mean, that, you, probably would have,
1: booty. you probably would have not been, like, you'd have been like, what the fuck? But, like, would have been, like, more, um, how can I say, like, I uh... Prepare or like not as rattled if you didn't know it was that guy right like if you're just right, been fighting and be like damn this guy's really good as fuck now, oh, wow. now I still would have got cooked but it would have looked more
0: respectable because there's a couple things I fucked up that I normally wouldn't have right um, right but yeah no he he dogged I saw that twenty win streak I was like that's no good <laughs> it's really him. Yeah, is a fucking the Ralph Wiggum, I'm in danger. <laughs> Yo, exactly. And then and then after the first match and I hit rematch even though I knew I was going to get kicked again, that
1: was me uh the dog in the burning room like this is fine. <laughs> <laughs> Or that movie, uh, the movie, um, what's it called? A uh, Raging Bull with De Niro. Oh, he yeah. Has, has, no, that's me, me a...
0: against the fucking ropes. And, yeah, and yeah. The zoom in like he's a
1: fucking demon. <laughs> you never knocked me down, Ray. And his fucking his face is all fucking swollen and beat to shit.
0: But he did knock me down, uh, repeatedly. Um, so, <laughs> sorry. I just wanted to throw that in there because that was wild to me. Um, and then, uh, before you get into anything here, mm-hmm. Uh, The other thing is, you'll see I put here uh, Final Fantasy XII horseshit, and (laughs) the the reason for that is uh, I got I've gotten to two areas that are noteworthy, which is Mm -hmm. uh, the very like the biggest summon in the game. It's optional. I I found it. Um, Mm. You have to you have to beat the summon to get it as a summon. Um, That fight took me like an hour and a half damn and bro it i was just i was just underprepared and i didn't under like he has a bunch of weird mechanics and i couldn't figure out what was going on that's what took so long but uh yeah so it took me an hour and a half and uh he killed me with like two percent left i was oh. so
1: fucking furious oh, oh. bro <laughs> haven't
0: touched it since
1: okay, i was like, that's the kind of shit you just have to like put it down for a while well, yeah and it's and been, been like a week I haven't, I haven't touched
0: it <laughs> and then the uh the other thing i was gonna say is just there's a uh, there's this one area It's, like, probably three quarters of the way through the story where I'm at. And you get there, and it's, like, this big crystal. And you have to... You go through, like, this one straight line through this crystal to progress the story. But it branches out in, like, a million directions. And it's got, like, 20 different floors. um, And there's, like, really good items in there. And the thing is, there's no map. So, like, it's, like... Mm -hmm. and, And every... The thing that makes it worse is, like, it transitions zones whenever you... Like, like a loading screen, almost. Like, whenever you go through a doorway. And so, like, you'll you'll start in a room, it'll be, like, floor 16, and you'll see, like, three doorways. You go through one, like, bam. You get to another room with three more doorways, one extra one being the one you just came from. And there's no map. Bro, I have, I have hand-drawn fucking pieces of paper, and then, like... There's a uh, I've like hand-drawn maps for this now. <laughs> I look like fucking Charlie and always Sunny. Um, <laughs> it's fucking wild and then like there's doors that are gated off and you have to go grab a key and and Unlock the door, but there's a time limit on the key. So it's like mm. I'm trying I'm like reading a map while I'm fucking running through the <laughs> gate to try and open this door it- It's just a bunch of horseshit. I mean the, the map thing's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. um the the boss fight was devastating and i have not came back yet That it's that shit's gonna stay for a while
1: it's kind of crazy because like you know you hear that like an hour and a half but then it's like i mean i've done it before i was playing the very very final uh, boss of um god of war ragnarok after you finish everything and you get all the shits so you finally get to face one of the, the valkyrie the new valkyrie queen and like literally every day that I even took me a few days to beat it, every day I did it, I would try to it. be like 45 minutes and like the final time, the time I finally beat it was like an hour and you just chip away and you heal and you do this shit and you're jumping around. But you know, it doesn't, it sounds like kind of crazy. Like, wow, one level, one thing, one hour, geez. But then when you're in it, you're like sweating, and you're chipping away and then you're like, fuck, right? Oh, so, right. so,
0: so I did, uh, I did the RPG thing, which is that, uh, I had like 99 high potions, 99 uh phoenix Mm -hmm. downs like to bring Mm -hmm. yourself back to life i had like i had 99 of every like status ailment cure i went through all 99 (laughs) i I was here's the thing i was at like 50 uh the bosses in this game they get harder like they get stronger as they're closer to dead so i was like halfway through my items when he was at like 10 percent, and that last like eight i was just like fucking just People were dying, instantly picking him up, dying again instantly. It was it was a whole fucking mess. Uh but you know, it, it was wildly devastating when uh when, when it didn't work out. Also he does, mm. it, the move was cinematic. Like it has a cutscene uh, every time he does it. So mm-hmm. he, the moment it started the cutscene, I was like, No, it's so fucking
1: close. <laughs> uh, yeah, God,
0: exactly. Damn it. Yeah. So so that's uh that's that's all I've been doing lately, at least uh in in terms of those two games that I wanted to touch on. So if you want to uh go ahead and touch on uh some things you've been watching or doing.
1: Yeah, so we both have the same big one at the end you know that we watched. Um but I'll go through um three um of the things I got two small ones. I'll go through too quickly, and then I'll do. I'll sort of focus on one for a little bit longer. Um, but um, let me do. Uh, let's start with Napoleon. I, I watched the uh, really Scott biopic Napoleon, starring Joaquin Phoenix, um, and it was fine. It was. It was actually pretty good. I, I enjoyed it uh, a lot, a lot more than some people. I liked it a lot because you probably go into it thinking that it's gonna be like a stuffy, like biopic, like you know, wigs in a room, and then like battle stuff. Um, but the movie is very. Anachronistic, like the dialogue sometimes, like, so, like, nobody has accents, right? Like, nobody has a French accent. He, they, he, they just speak in their natural accent. So, most people, right. you know, are British, so they speak, Brit you know, British accent, like Vanessa Kirby as uh, Josephine, and then the commanders, and this and that. And then Joaquin Phoenix, he just talks like a dude, right? He'll just be like walking around talking like Joaquin Phoenix. Um, but the dialogue is very anachronistic, like, they say some things that are seem out of character, and like, for example, um, he, she'll be like they're at a dinner table and they're bickering, him and Josephine, and she'll be like, "Well, you know, you've gotten fat," and he's like, "Well, I, I'm I'm sorry, I like my breakfast," or like, "You know, it's not <laughs> okay. my fault, I like my breakfast," or something like that, right? And so he talks like that sometimes, and uh, but it 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 never feels like a parody, it never feels like a comedy, so it, he, he always it's always reined in, but it mm-hmm. helps keep the movie fresh. Okay, um, and so that's that's cool, and so then. Another good spot is the um, the action scenes, just like big, huge battles, right? Like Gladiator, like does hundreds of extras in a field, and it all looks great. And there's three big ones in the movie, and each one's a little different. One's like a siege on like one of those like Assassin's Creed Black Flag, uh, um, uh, port city towers. Okay. One's like in the uh, in the winter, like in the woods, and then one's uh, Waterloo, so in like you know in a field, um, and so each one. able to be different so it's not just like well it's just a bunch of dudes i can't tell what's going on um it looked great in a movie theater i I don't uh, apple made it so they made it so that they could have it on apple uh, You know their apple tv plus streaming service but um i i I got to see it in a movie theater before it you know before when they gave a limited run and it looked amazing um and yeah especially napoleon it's like two hours and 40 but it, it i mean it really flew by um, I think there's going to be like a director's cut, like a three and a half hour, maybe four hour director's cut on Apple TV, which I think might actually be better because some of the scenes felt a little, a little truncated, right? Like, um, if you imagine like a scene in Oppenheimer, um, I'm trying to think of a sequence that works really well. Oh, it'll be, they'll be in uh that I just watched it recently. They'll be like in the la- in like the little like uh, classroom setting thing in Los Alamos yeah. and then they'll be talking about you know we got this much uranium and then fucking uh the Safety brother will say well we need to build hydrogen bomb and then you'll be like you're crazy we got to- we can wait for that later and then from there it goes to the courtroom scene with Robert Downey Jr. where they're like when did you know about the hydrogen bomb? And then from there it goes to that dinner table scene where they figure out that the Russians have a hydrogen bomb. So the movie naturally flows right and it just keeps doing that during the whole movie it it, it's it's insane it's like a presentation but your mind breaks trying to figure out how to put it all together so that it went from one thing to another without feeling confusing this is the opposite of that where joaquin phoenix will be saying something to a commander be like oh you know we have to you know i got my commanders and go over there blah, blah 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 And then it'll just smash to another scene with him and Josephine. And then you'll be like, okay, all right, cool. Well, what was the flow there? And then they'll have like a little bickering thing like quietly. And then it'll smash to like a, a battle thing. And you'd be like, okay, so like, how are these things leading into one another? Right? It's like family guy <laughs> guts. Like- yeah, almost. Yeah, almost. Because then sometimes you, you, you know, I mean, you know, Napoleon got exiled and then he came back. Right. Mm-hmm. And so as I'm watching the movie, I'm like, ooh, I can't wait to see him get exiled the first time. And then figure you know, find out how he got back. Cause I, I've never known how he became an emperor after he got exiled the first time. Um, yeah. the movie just goes, he just did it. He just, he just came back. I nailed it, it. Yeah. It's like somehow Palpatine returned. It's like somehow Napoleon returned. It's like, okay. <laughs> okay all right. Cool. But, it, but other than that, like little nitpicks like that, like just, it, it felt a little sloppy, but there's so much good here that I can't not recommend it. Right. Um, so that's Napoleon. And then I watched, uh, Loki season two, and that one was okay. Um, it just had... Sometimes, I mean, I, I can tell sort of where they were going in terms of, like, you know, um, the timeline shit, but it just felt so inundated in scientific sci-fi mumbo-jumbo gobbledygook. It's like, the the rings have to expand to hold the, the, the time uh, streams so that they can do this, and it's like... I understand that they're trying to make sci- uh, magic seem like science, but it was just like, the whole time I was like... Sometimes I was like... Just say that it's magic bro save us the trouble and say let's magic and let's get back to character work or even if you um,
0: don't do that like you don't need to go in depth you can give us the spark nuts you know what i mean exactly like hey, if be the like ring shuts it's fucked, and like that that's good that's all i need exactly <laughs> it's like in
1: fucking it's like in um in mission impossible the latest one where they're briefing uh grace on the mission and she goes like shouldn't i know more than this or something like that and then seven peg just goes hey, it actually works better if you don't right it's like that right. it's like let's just, we'll just make it up on the way um but it was fun if i think if you're an mcu fan and you're a completionist you can watch it um it's only six episodes i mean it looks expensive as hell so i I enjoyed it i don't know if the casual fan would want to watch this but definitely if you're a fan of loki season one or the mcu i I definitely recommend it okay um and then the the last the big thing of the first chunk of stuff i want to talk about uh i I watched godzilla minus one so have you heard of this movie or had you heard of it before i mentioned it didn't never
0: heard of it does didn't know it existed
1: uh, it existed. Ah okay so so it's it's um a new Godzilla uh movie uh from Japan it's, like, it's not part of the monsterverse you know from um, universal and legendary and it's pretty much I don't want to say it, it it's not a it's not a reboot but it is it's basically taking that original first Godzilla from 1954 and sort of just remaking that movie sort of. Um so basically the story is a guy, a kamikaze pilot at the end, toward the end of World War II, he, like, doesn't go through with it, right? He doesn't, come, you know, it's like, he doesn't yeah. do the kamikaze part of the kamikaze fighter. And so then <laughs> he, he comes home. He
0: to fly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly, yeah. And so he, um, he comes back home with a lot of regret about that. But then at the same time, that's when Godzilla attacks. And so the, the, the movie is incredible. Um, it's fantastic, and the, the it, it's, like, um, I saw a bunch of people comparing it to something like, um, if you imagine, like, they, they said there was, like, three movies in one. It was, like, Jaws mixed with, like, the first Godzilla, mixed with, like, Independence Day, mixed with, like, Star Wars kind of thing, where it's, like, um... The final mission, you know, the, the climax is very Independence Day heavy. And when you if, when you watch it, I think you, you, you'll probably notice it, too. But um, the best part of this is that the character stuff is on par with the monster stuff. So, like, the monster stuff is incredible. It looks the best it's ever looked. But then the the character stuff, you, like, really care about the main character and his family and his friends and sort of his arc and sort of where the the story, you know, wants to deploy its themes is just as good as like the monster attack stuff Mm -hmm. um so I can't recommend it enough um I think it came out City and I went to see it I want to say November like 30th or 29th or something like that so it was only supposed to be you know, that Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday, through that weekend, through, like, through that weekend, through that week. So basically from Thursday to Thursday. Mm-hmm. But then they expanded it another week. And then in this week, they expanded it even more because I think it's been doing so well. I think it was awesome. number three at the box office last week. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if it's in Asheboro, honestly. I think it, it would probably be a movie that would play there. I mean, it, it's just, a, it's like a like a really great crowd pleaser. Um, I can't recommend it enough. It's probably going to make the top, my top ten of the year. Um, Damn. All right. Yeah, yeah, it's great, great stuff. And which, um, you know, and Sydney loved it too. I, I told her, because I'd heard rumblings about it, and I knew that it was like a simple Godzilla movie. So months ago, I was like, hey, you know, they're coming out with this one. We should go see it. And then as I got closer, I'd heard some rumblings about it being really good. And I saw that it was PG 13 as well. And so I was like, well, look, it looks like it's just like a, like, a, um, kind of like a monster with the ones here, like Godzilla versus Kong or Skull Island and all those. I, I doubt it'll be super violent. Um, and so she came along with me, and she loved it. So, um, yeah, like, even if you, you know, if you're listening to this you're like, I don't really like those Godzilla movies. Like, I don't really care about those monsters. You know, it's just guys in seats stomping around. It's not that at all. Like, it's, it's, I've been trying to tell everybody about it. Like, this is, I mean, this is like Bong Joon-ho's movie, The Host, or Jaws, or, um, I'm trying to think of another movie that would reach something like this. Uh, I guess The Ring... Or uh, in terms of being a a, a a genre movie that I think um, is excellent on its own terms. Top Gun Maverick, I guess you could also say that since it's just like a sort of simple action movie that uh, transcends what it is. Um, but yeah, it's up there. I mean, I don't, it's, I don't think it's as good as Maverick. I think Maverick's, you know, in the tip-top tier along with like Raiders of the Lost Ark or, um Um trying to think of another one that goes up there, like Terminator 2. But um, this is close and it's excellent.
0: Awesome. Uh sounds good. So yeah. uh going from a movie that you said was uh was not that violent um I'm going to take you to the most violent apparently of the of the uh Miyazaki movies, the Studio Ghibli movies, which is mm-hmm. um I watched uh Na- Nausicaa uh mm-hmm. came out in 1984. Um I will say the moment you turn it on, you're going to be like, yep, 1984, right there on the screen, <laughs> uh, like instantly. Uh, so there's that. Um, we talked about it briefly kind of off the podcast, but ultimately, like, I think it is solid. Um, I think there's probably some, some uh, <sighs> meta analogy metaphor kind of uh symbolism going on um between the way some things shake out that you know is I, i'd have to read about it a little more like i can i can see what they're going for but I, you know to really get it in depth mm-hmm. um i would say i probably need to to read some more about it but mm-hmm. um yeah so while you you mentioned to me you're like oh i heard it was super violent and my instinct yeah. was like no it's it's not that bad and then i stopped and i thought about it and i was like "Yeah, i was violent as shit uh so it's <laughs> not like gory there's no like blood <clears throat> there's no but like there are definitely tanks rolling through blowing people away like like <laughs> it's <laughs> just saving private ryan dog like there, are <laughs> whole groups of people just getting murdered um but uh yeah it's it's pretty good i think it's got a hmm, I think, first of all, I think I'm not crazy about the pacing of it. I think it's a little slow in the beginning. Uh, I know that's a um, a common complaint of mine from older movies, so it could just be a me thing, uh, but I just feel like it goes in a little slow. Um, I feel like it over explains some stuff kind of early. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like the time you spent over-explaining that could maybe have expanded on some things a little bit uh, later in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that some of the analogy or like some of the messaging they're getting across makes makes the movie seem worse if you're not if you're not catching it when you're watching it which is Hmm. to say there's one large uh conflict happening and there are a bunch of smaller conflicts between all right so like there's there's villain b and then there's everybody else, right? Like like mm, it's mm. the omnipotent evil being uh you know what I mean like the right. big bad going to wipe out the world. Then right. within the rest of that crowd that is not him, there's, you know, three different groups and they're all in fighting, right?
2: Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: And they spend 75% of the time dealing with the in-groups fighting even though it's like the big bad is the problem and the climax Mm, okay and what i think i've i I like read a little bit and i I need to go into the article and like finish it to really get it but i think that's on purpose to kind of (laughs) show that like you know we're missing some of the bigger picture with some of these other things because we're too busy bickering within ourselves but in the context of the movie it's kind of like i really wish we would have spent more time you know talking about the big threat dealing with the big threat you know what I mean? As opposed mm-hmm. to it just being some ominous thing happening in the background that we deal with at the very end. Mm, um, okay. Okay. So so that's kind of where I'm at with it. Like, I think it was good. I, I think if you sat and thought about it, it probably seemed better. But, uh, like, on a first watch, um, I don't – it's not It's not amazing. Nothing right. wrong with okay. it.
1: I'm mm-hmm. not going to
0: recommend it to people, I don't think. Unless you're like, yeah, I've already seen four other – music. you know what I mean? Then I'll be like – Right, right. Gonna it's going to be
1: the intro one,
0: Yeah hmm exactly okay. yeah
1: yeah I, I think I mentioned um I had tickets to buy the, to watch this one. I had tickets for this one and I had tickets for Princess Mononoke and I had to return both but this is one that I think I definitely want to watch next year whenever they bring back the festival okay. um I, I think I'm like a third done through it so yes yeah, so hopefully next year I can do the other third but I, this is one that I definitely want to knock out um next year especially because yeah. I, I, I think the oldest one I've seen is Kiki's was i think from like 87 or 89 but most Mm -hmm. of the other ones i've seen are like you know house was 2004 spirit 2002 the boy and the heron is you know 2023 so i'd like to see one of the ones that like you know the old old ones yeah
0: yeah and and, uh it's it's hard to say because i'm not i didn't grow up with it in any significant way but like i could definitely see again i'm not sure but, like, I could definitely see some of the, like, artistic choices of it being... We talked about Miyazaki movies, like, you know, number one thing is you're coming here for the vibe. Um, <laughs> and, like, I can see that. I can see that kind of shining through, even with the limited, uh, I guess, options at the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm assuming all of your animation is a little more limited uh, in, in 1984 than it is in 2004. Right, um, right. So, but, yeah, it's definitely definitely still there i can see the uh the signature you know what i mean
1: right right and then 2004 but then you have clouds so if you need to redo a scene or something you can be like eh, i'd like to like another two or three weeks to do this or that i'm sure you're still on deadline but it's not the same as being on deadline for you know a 1984 you're trying to make it in the world kind of uh animated movie right yeah
0: for sure yeah. so yeah so that's uh that's nausicaa um i'd ooh, give ooh. it uh seven out of ten it's it's okay. not bad um yeah but I, i'm not gonna rave about it you know what i mean
1: okay cool
0: cool all right so yeah so what else you got
1: yeah so I um same thing as last time i'll run through you know a few small ones pretty quickly and then i'll focus more on, on a on a movie i really enjoyed but i watched um so well, sort of speaking about you know the the Studio Ghibli, we talked before about how I wish they would, you know, movie theaters. I feel like the potential for them is sort of untapped, where they could do much more with them. You know, their Ghibli Fest is a great example of it. I think the Boy and the Heron, I don't think, opens to number one this last weekend. If I think that audience isn't built and trained to come to those movies through the Ghibli Fest, I mean, I know I wouldn't have gone to see it had I not already seen his other movies from theaters. Right. Um, and I'm sure I'm not the only one. I, and so, I wouldn't um, have
0: seen it if you hadn't mentioned it. Like, uh, Studio Ghibli movies are a thing I knew existed, and I've always mm-hmm. been interested. But yeah. you were like, hey, I watched a bunch of them recently. And then I was like, oh, I think I saw a new one's coming out. And I was like, all right, I'll watch a couple, and then we'll go watch the new one. You know what Is I mean? Like, me? I never, never would have ended up watching that, that movie, especially as soon as it came out uh, without that happening.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. And I think it's it's, it's a it's a two way street, right? Where I think people are like, "Oh, the new one's coming out this at the end of the year." Or I've heard I should make an effort to watch them this week in uh, this year in Jubilee Fest. Or vice versa, where they're like, "Oh, I love Spirited Away. Let me go see it." And then during it, they show a trailer for it, and they're like, oh shit, a new one this December. Okay, cool. Yeah, let's go see it.
2: Okay.
1: Um, and that's an example of it. Um, and then the the Alamo, the local like the the the, the, the um, draft house, the chain, the the smaller chain. They're having um. Every at the beginning of every year, in January, February, and March, they have a screening every month of the uh, Lord of the Rings movies, the extended edition ones. So mm-hmm. four hours each one, and um they sell out fucking within hours, dude. Like all the seats are gone. Like mm-hmm. I, they they e- even when I, I I check it, you know, every day, every other day, I checked it. I forgot to check it one day, and by the time I came back the next day, I went to click on like the Fellowship of the Ring, which is my favorite one, and all the seats in the middle were gone. Um, It's a small, you know, it's, it's not as big as like a big, big chain one, but it's still pretty big auditoriums. And so I think, you know, if there was a chain or, or, or you know, if, if, if um, New Line Cinema was like, I'd like to print money, they would just put the Lord of the Rings in theaters, you know, four times a year. Right? January, mm-hmm. February, March, one, two, three, and then just restart it every month. And so you can catch Fellowship of the Ring four times in theaters. And I know that takes money, but dude... People want to see those, right? And I think that sort of—I mean, I would go see Fellowship of the Ring, you know, once year, one year, once one year, and then the next year I might come back and watch the Two Towers, and then so on. But I know some people who are super fans who would come back and would be like, "Oh, it's—you know—I'll go see Fellowship in January. I'll go see Two Towers in June, and then I'll go see uh, Return of the King in December," right? And then, you know, like, there's people who are super fans who will do that. But anyway, yeah. All that to say is that I went to see Renaissance the film a film by Beyonce the concert movie and I think this is another example of it right um it is very impressive very impressive and it's very very um technically well put together it reminded me a lot of the Taylor Swift of course it's the Taylor Swift one and it, they put the concert aspects of it are put together pretty similarly but I think this one had something that I had an issue with the Taylor Swift one which is that this gave more of like background information and sort of gave us um you know her planning process how she put the stage together and how she she says that there isn't just one stage there I think she said there are three stages at once so that as one city finishes up they don't take the whole thing down there's already another stage at the next city being built and then there's another one on its way to the third one and so it's not just one set one giant stage it's three gigantic steel fucking frames and like how all of the LEDs work and all this stuff and it's awesome because I love seeing that background you know behind the scenes stuff uh but then the concert itself is amazing. Um So it was really cool to see it um you know um like on the big screen and, and it looked mm-hmm. great and I'm sure while expensive to put together I'm sure it you know cost probably a million or a few million to just you know put all that footage together and film it and edit it and shit. She's made you know twenty plus mil and and also you can train audiences to come back for a concert movie like that, right? Yeah. Um your uh you know, when you went to see your, uh, the anime the anime movies a couple years ago, right? Yep. Like that. Um, when you and I went to see The Boy and the Heron, I mentioned that Sydney was at the movie theater as well, watching Waitress the Musical. Same thing. I, think, I mean, I don't think it made a lot of money. But, you know, I think I mentioned to her afterward, maybe to you, I was like, they could easily, dude, easily. People want to see Broadway musicals, but they don't have the money or they don't want to go to New York, buy a fucking expensive-ass ticket... And then, you know, spent all their money in New York. Yeah, I um, wish I
0: could... God, I wish I had known that this would come up at all. I feel like I've read a thing recently that was like... Fucking like 80% of Broadway tickets are sold to people making over like 250000 a year.
1: You know what I mean? like, it was, exactly. it
0: like So it's like... Yeah. The average person is never gonna go see a never Broadway
1: gonna show. go, right? Right. And people are like, Well, you know, if we film it and then we put it, that that destroys the mystique, you know, people won't wanna come back. And I'm like, you could say that about fucking football games, right? People can going to a football game is exhausting. But you wanna go at least once a year if you live near a fan because it makes it you know, you wanna be there, right? It's a difference, right? There is a difference between seeing them with your eyes and then staying at home on your couch, right? And same thing right. here, where like just because, let's say one day I do want to go to New York and watch Sweeney Todd, if they had it at my local AMC, I'm not, not going to go see it, right? So I think you're right. l- all theater, um, movie chains, Broadway motherfuckers, uh, old movie rights holders, concert movies, um, you could easily make more money, print money pretty much, um, by just putting old stuff and new stuff in theaters
0: because right. um, the screens sure.
1: are there. Yeah, as I was about to say, it's not like you gotta put it in five
0: movie theaters, you know, like you're on exactly. five screens, you know what I mean? You can literally just be like, one screen, and if you sell that one out, cool, nailed it, like, you know what I mean? And then, yeah, like if if you if it doesn't
1: sell out, cool, it was only one screen. <laughs> exactly, right, right, and you can just be like, kind of like with the Godzilla thing, that's another one, earlier. They were gonna do it for one weekend, it did really well, so they're like, well, let's just keep it going. Same thing with Taylor Swift, right? Taylor Swift was only gonna do three weeks. Mm -hmm. And she's still selling screenings now, right? It's much more patchwork now where you're like, you know, oh, they have tickets for Friday and Saturday, but not Sunday kind of thing. Right. Right. But people are still going. So you're leaving money, you know, and, you know, in the old days, I could see it being much harder because you had to have a physical person put the reels together. And then usually after two months, the film is like broken down. Right. I, I think I remember listening to somebody talk about how they went to see Kill Bill volume two like two months after it came out back in 2004 and like the movie was like yellow pretty much just because they'd run it so much but Man, that's not the case anymore now it's just hard drive shit oh yeah. that the film broke down yeah yeah, I, mean, I, like, yeah so I, I didn't
0: go to movies enough to i guess end up in those scenarios but oh I mean, that's
1: wild. yeah yeah i mean it, and pretty much like you know that was back in before like 2009 right right and you know, in, you know, you and I growing up in Ashboro, movies kind of went out of there in and out pretty quickly. But if you were one of the big theaters that had like old movies, or not old movies, but like movies playing for months at a time, yeah. by the time it ended, it was like, the, the film was broken down. That's why it's so hard to get like film stock for like movies now because, or like, you know, uh, copies of movies now because usually theaters, if they had them, they would run them until they broke down and then just, you know, dispose of it. Right. Um, but now it's just all hard drives, right? You just click a button, you download a giant ass movie and you play it. Mm-hmm. Um speaking of that i also went to see diehard um in dolby um and so i had i i usually if they're playing a so my, my rule now is that because I've, i'm lucky enough to live um here near the amc and the alamo if they have an old movie and i've already seen it in theaters unless it's the matrix i don't go see it again <laughs> just just because it's like I just, it's just wasting, not wasting money, but it's like, you no, know, ever, you know, you, gotta, you can't go see everything, relax, you know, you've already seen it, you know, you've already seen, uh, what did they have? Oh, Eternal Function of the Spotless Mind is coming next month to the Alamo. I'm like, I've already seen it in theaters a couple years ago. I'm like, Okay, it's okay. I've
0: never seen that movie. I've heard it's great. But...
1: Oh, that one's great. Yeah, so that one's fantastic. right? Or, yeah, except, so if I haven't seen it, of course I'll go, right? Yeah. But Die Hard, I got, I was lucky enough to see it at the Alamo back in like 2018 or 2019. And so I was like, well, they're, they're bringing it back. I'm okay. I don't have to see it, but then I saw that they're having it in the Dolby theater, and I was like, "Well, kind of like with the, the Matrix." I was the, like, what? "And uh, and Top Gun Maverick."
0: Like, all right, I'll see it in Dolby. I'll see it now. Exactly, right, right. Like, well, you know, I haven't seen life.
1: it. Right, exactly. And I'm like, I haven't seen Dolby, and so I went to see it. Um, and it, you because I've seen it so many times, it's like Independence Day or Mean Girls or Spider Man One, where I've seen all those movies so many times. That they they are no longer movies in my head. They're just like, like they're like this. They're like a song you've listened to a hundred times. Yeah,
0: Not even like that, right? It's data more. in your brain. <laughs> it's just
1: it's just memory at this point, right? <laughs> like every, I know where each cut goes. I know where each sound sounds like. I know each memory. I know each line. And so, um luckily, the movie was well. It should have been more full. I just don't think they promoted it like at all. Like I didn't see any ads. The only reason I knew about it was because. Um, I saw like one tweet from AMC on like a Tuesday morning that was like, we're having Die Hard. And like, that was like it, <laughs> right? I didn't see, there was no posters, no comment, nothing. But so they could have done better, but it was just me in there in the theater. And so there was just me in the row, and then like no, nobody in like two rows behind me or whatever. So I snuck in some beers and I was like, you know what? Just me and my buddy John McClane hanging out watching Die Hard. <laughs> and so and that was pretty cool. John <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome you know it's a Christmas movie um, you know I don't have to I, I praise, we've praised our, on this podcast many many times it's like a perfect clockwork movie mm. like not an ounce of fucking fat like just like crisp like tight as a drum like it, it's it's like Top Gun Maverick it's just like dude like it, it it's just in this perfect box where you just go right. like that's just die hard and it's like there's no fat there's nothing I would change nothing I would trim it's just like this perfect little um, sphere of a movie um, so that was a fun time. And, again, if they would have promoted it, I think people would have shown up. Um, but, uh, yeah, and so then uh, I also went to see this movie called Eileen with Anne Hathaway, Mackenzie Tomlinson, and our boy, Shea Wiggum. He was great. Shit. He played a deadbeat drunk dad, and he was great because <laughs> he, he could have been a... He, I mean, he has a piece of shit in the movie, but you could have like, been like, fucking hate this guy, but he's charismatic in Shea Wiggum, so you... So go, Shay, you're a rascal. you you really are a piece of shit. <laughs> um But the movie's fine. It's a nice little thriller about this prison secretary falling for this teacher. Um, but then halfway through something, there's like a little twist. And so it was just like a fun the movie looks like an Oscar movie, like a Carol or like one of these like stuffy Oscar movies, but then the twist and the ending, you sort of go, oh, it's just like a generic thriller. But not, no, not the yeah. ding it, but it's sort of, you, you know, it, it's the, it's the what is it called? The flight attendant car, car run over yeah. uh, situation all over again. <laughs> um, and then finally, I saw A Dream Scenario with uh, Nicolas Cage. And this one is a movie about a guy who, he plays like a schlubby, um, b- b- tiny college professor. And it turns out that... Um, you know he's just kind of like working through life he's kind of like a loser and you kind of like just kind of like oh hi honey okay all right well i gotta do this you know you know like that yeah. and then it turns out that people start not everybody well a lot of people but not everybody start to see him in their dreams and they're really vivid but he just kind of stands there in the dreams right. and they're like you know i was running from this guy and he killed me but you were just standing there you didn't help but you didn't also do anything <laughs> Okay. And so he gets famous from that because you're like, huh, why is this guy, you know, famous for that? You know, why why is he in everybody's dreams? Like, nobody knows. It's like, is it magic? Like, what what's going on? Even right. people who don't know him. Um, and then, but then shit starts to go bad. He becomes like addicted to the fame and shit starts to go bad whenever he does start doing stuff in dreams. And you're so right. I'll just leave it at that. And so it was great. It was so good. I... Not Godzilla minus one good. Not the holdovers good, but still really good. I thought it was going to be very stuffy or very like, um, sort of like, how can I say, like, oh the dreams, oh yeah, what does it mean? What does it burn? You know, I say like very like like you know like, um, dry. But it wasn't. It was really funny, and it has one of the funniest scenes i've seen in the entire all year like in the entire um year um i definitely recommend it if you get a chance to see it i'm sure it'll be like an hbo max or like hulu or something i, I think it's worth it it's only like an hour 40 so this and eileen are both like an hour 40 so like if you're one day you're just like oh they added this movie i totally recommend it it's it's a it's a fun time It, it the, you know both of those are not dry um but dream scenario is better but um yeah it, it's a it's a good time.
0: Awesome. Yeah, yep. that the the premise of that seems so weird that it's like, in, I want to watch it. You know what I mean? Like, it's such yeah. a weird. I I mean, maybe there's another movie out there like it, but I've never I've never heard of a movie with this this uh, premise.
1: Yeah, like a little fantastical twist. And I, I do think Nicolas Cage is great in it. I, I was t- telling a friend, she said that she really liked it as well. And I told her I think he's great in it because. He plays pathetic but charismatic enough where I think most actors would have just made him like the most like wormy, pathetic little character that when he is winning, you feel like shit because you're like, why is this fucking loser worm winning? Right. Mm -hmm. And then when he is getting his comeuppance, you, you know, you're like, fuck yeah, fuck you. Whereas I think Nicolas Cage, he he says some dweeby things but then you see why somebody like his wife who is very charming would like him he's very charismatic he's quick on his feet so you so when he's becoming famous you're like oh my gosh you little you dork but then you're also sort of cheering for him and then when he gets his comeuppance you are excited that he's getting his comeuppance but then you're also kind of sad because he was a nice guy sometimes right so i think he strikes a very good balance in playing this role really really well that i think just you know it, it 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 seems simple, but I think it's very hard because I think, like I said, most most people would probably just look at this and sort of smash this 2D uh, portrait of, like, a worm, like, nobody likes me, I'm a loser, you know, like, midlife crisis guy. Right. Um. Whereas Cage brings a lot more nuance to it than I think um somebody else would.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, I can definitely see that. Yeah. Yeah, I'll definitely have to check that out.
1: Yes, yeah, I definitely recommend it, yeah.
0: All right. So, uh the other movie I watched uh, recently, uh a- as uh, as briefly mentioned, we're going to talk about the new Miyazaki movie uh that came out, but uh I watched a couple to get caught up. I watched Nostalgia which I already talked about and I watched Howl's Moving Castle. Nice.
1: Um, nice,
0: nice, nice, nice. And uh, so watched uh watched Howl's Moving Castle. Uh I I liked it much better than, than Nausicaa, not, and like I said, Nausicaa is not bad, but it's just, I think it's not really a movie for me. Mm -hmm. Um, watched house moving castle much better. I think, um, it's much quicker. It's, it's like, Mm -hmm. like the moment you see, you know, that's actually a perfect example. All right. So we meet our main character in house moving Mm -hmm. castle, the girl, we meet her and we spend like one scene of other girls talking. They briefly mention how, like, mm-hmm. and she's just kind of listening to it out the background and they're like, oh, but he only takes the solo pretty girls. And like, so, and, and like, that's, that's all we get. Like, mm-hmm. and that took maybe three minutes. Right, yeah. And mm-hmm. she leaves and then we're off to the fucking races. Shit's going down. Like characters are being introduced as they, like, are being mentioned, but, like, it doesn't, I don't know how to explain it. It doesn't feel corny, but, like, it's all just smooth. Like, somebody offhandedly mentions this, and then very quickly we see it, and we're like, oh, okay, cool. Um, Nausicaa, on the other hand, like, we're walking around in this forest, all right? And then we're walking around in this forest, and then we 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 see, like, there's these spores coming down. And it's, like, pretty. It looks like snow. And she, like, walks up. She sees this big metal structure in the middle of the forest. You know, like that's something weird. And so she's like on top of it. And then she, she's like doing this. And she's like, it's so pretty out here. It's a shame that these spores could kill us if we weren't careful. And it's like, all right, we took like 10 minutes to, to get this across. I feel like, and mm-hmm. maybe it wasn't 10 minutes, but it feels like 10 minutes. And like, here's the thing. You didn't have to tell me that the spores were poisonous because one, they're spores and spores have never been in a thing if they're not poisonous and two you're wearing a fucking gas mask like you don't need to you like like you're wearing a mask that makes it clear to me you should not be breathing in shit in the area you're in you don't have to just walk around and like take forever and then say it like i didn't know um and so house moving castle is just is moving Mm -hmm. um the voice acting's pretty good. Uh we we talked about this also with the boy in the hair, which we'll also talk about the voice acting. Um, but Christian Bale is the voice for um Hal. And mm-hmm. <laughs> the first time you see Hal, he just like he he look he he's like the slickest motherfucker on earth, bro. He he comes sliding in behind this girl. He's like, Alright, so you oh, cause she's getting interrogated by the police and like they're you know, uh yeah, under, like... undertones of uh you know what i mean like uh, abuse of authority are kind of right kinda like, hey little girl where are you going yeah. kinda... don't you have somewhere to be like you know what i mean yeah um and so this dude looking slick as shit just like slides up and like oh should we blah, blah blah like do you guys have a problem i think you guys should leave and they just leave and like then he like starts walking with her and he's like so uh you know uh like he's like uh unfortunately i do have some people following me so you just need to continue moving don't yeah. look back and we'll get it a- and it's like this
1: it suave very fucking Christian B- yeah like christian bale like asmr like hey sophie where are you going or, like yeah you said yeah. like there got some people following me but i'll see you soon like that kind of like, like
0: yeah it's 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 uh christian bale as bruce wayne not christian bruce- Bale as batman You're right, right? Like, it's christian yeah yeah bale as bruce wayne like macking on whichever girl is going to be in the Batman movies today. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. yeah, yeah. So it's, it's that, and you're like, yo, this is perfect. Uh, and then, like, randomly, there's some scenes later where, like, Christian Bale's kind of giving you Batman vibes, and it's like, this does not call for Batman vibes at the moment. And you're like, yeah. So, so the casting starts off seeming so strong. Uh, by the end of it, I'm like, yeah, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shitty. Um, like, it just, sometimes it fits, sometimes it doesn't. Billy Crystal as a little fire fucking on point. Um mm-hmm. yeah. uh,
1: Calypso, Cal- 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 what is his name?
0: Fuck. I wish you hadn't said anything because I would have it's Calcifer. Calcifer it yeah. Is. um mm-hmm. uh so yeah, he's he's a little fire, he's great. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> There's there's a character that doesn't say or do anything, that's just a little scarecrow and he's tight. Mm-hmm. Um But yeah, really good. Uh, We we also talk. There's like a random thing they just kind of throw in at the end that's kind of like out of nowhere. You're like, I don't even know why this is here. Yeah. The 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 scarecrow turns into a prince for no reason. Um, Like literally, (laughs) here's the thing. Me telling you that spoiler i guess but like didn't spoil anything other than the thing i just told you like, right somehow, he's like because we already
1: kind of knew that right or he we didn't know that he was that we knew that it was like a maybe did we know that it was a person right we're like it's a person who's been like enchanted or he's also cursed we, right we, yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah
0: like at first you're like that's weird and then like later it's like oh huh, you got a curse on you too, and you're like oh okay like and <laughs> there's just no reason for it to be the prince like nothing the fact that it's the prince the the way the curse is broken is true love's kiss but like that doesn't fucking matter like there's no lead up to that there's no follow-up after that and like it's just like i spoiled that for you but the movie is gonna be no different with you knowing that it'll be the exact same movie um yeah so i mean there's that it's just that that was a weird thing to be in it um i'd say i give it uh eight and a half nine yeah,
1: that's what I said. Half, I think I said four, yeah. four and a half, yeah.
0: Yep, okay, yeah, that, that tracks. Um, yeah, I think it's really solid. Um, Christian Bale's got his moments in it. Uh, yeah. There's there's, there's this weird subplot going on, like... I don't even know if it's a subplot. It, it's just super... Uh, spoiler alert for all Studio Ghibli movies. It's just wildly abstract. Which is to say, they're like, there's a war going on. And you get the idea that, like, it's, it's like, a real war, like, between nations. But then, like, not really. It's like, a different kind of war. Like, I, you know what I mean? Do, yeah. do, do, are you following the things I'm saying without spoiling anything? Like,
1: right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, very, like.
0: It, it's, it's not like, tanks like in Nausicaa, my man. It's just like. No, no. Going through a magical door, and then he's somewhere else, and now a thing happens. Like.
1: Right, and, and then there's like, oh, those are guys wizards that have been corrupt, and then it's like, okay, wait, 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 so where did that come from? And then like, yeah, I, yeah, like because at
0: some point, at some point, how mentions like, man, they've even got some wizards that have turned against me, and were never brought up again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like,
1: it's, it, a bit it's of interesting info because that exists. yeah, because it, it's like a movie stuff, right? But I'm not gonna ding it for being over with like a bunch of stuff, um, because it it's like a fantastical world right it's a lot like kiki's it's like the 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 the, the real like boy in the heron takes place during world war ii um but the, i feel like it's like well the of the ones i've seen is the only one that takes place like in a real place like a real area i think porco rosso probably takes place in italy but um Hows and what was the other kiki they play take place in like lands that don't exist and you can see it in mean, the design of the worlds in house it's like this like swedish land mixed with like well i know i I can't quite put my finger on it but i know in like kiki's it's like sweden mixed with san francisco mixed with like venice so you have these really cool designs and you're like whoa how the fuck did they even come up with this and so that makes it harder to be like well it's this war and you're like okay but like right? Because when you go, it's World right. War II, you go, your brain goes, oh, World War II, good guys, bad guys, Nazis, okay. You know, yeah. you sort of fill in the cracks, where this, it's like, it's this, uh, you know, thing fighting with this one, and you're like, okay, we're gonna have to give you more than that, because right. I can't fill in the cracks.
0: Yeah, and the only, and, and the only reason it's not a problem, and it's kind of like what you're saying, like, why we're not necessarily digging it for it, is ultimately, that info doesn't matter. Like, like, it, All we really do need to know is that there is a war like, you know what I mean? Like, we don't we don't need to know that it's Nazis and and, uh, you know, Axis and allies, not Nazis in the US. We don't really need Mm. to know that it doesn't affect the movie. It's just weird to give give us like. Like breadcrumbs of that information for, for a thing that doesn't exist that we can't immediately follow, you know what I mean? Like, you give us breadcrumbs that it's Nazis, you're like, okay, well, I can follow the fucking breadcrumb trail to know that that's what we're talking about. But, like, the breadcrumbs here just lead to nothing because I have no idea what the fuck is going on in this place. Um, but, again, ultimately, it doesn't affect the movie in any significant way, so there's no need to ding it for it. Um, it's just some weird things. Like, it, like, just don't leave the breadcrumbs there. How about that? Like, you know what I mean? Right, but right. Uh, that's also something that, I mean, that's in 2004, and I feel like we've talked about how I think movies um just in general are much tighter now like yeah like I feel like man it's a thing what's the word I'm looking for here Chekhov's gun it's like everything is a Chekhov's gun now which is to say that like nothing is thrown in there on accident right like right exactly yeah yeah yeah. everything a movie ever gives you is going to be noteworthy in some way shape or form whether it's for a punchline, whether it is an event, whether it's foreshadowing, it's there for a reason. And right. I feel like you know, maybe in two thousand four, this isn't quite as uh, tight, and so you just get some like when he's when he's drawing out the map of what this movie is, and he's like, all right, so there's a war, and so when they're when he's drawing it or he's doing the dialogue, someone mentions the war, but like they don't really expand on it because that's not really what the movie's about. Right. Um, right. Right. So. I think that's kind of where that's at with this movie. So like I said, uh, not to drone on about it, but I, I give it eight and a half, I think, is where I would yeah. land on it. Yeah, same, same. So yeah, so um, that's uh How's Moving Castle. Uh, also, I'm not 100% sure on this, but based on what I saw, I think maybe all of those movies are on HBO Max. Yeah, um, yeah,
1: I was gonna say, yeah, I think all of the, yeah, um, if I remember correctly, whenever they did the the big, um, what's it called? Um, switch from HBO Now and HBO Max it's like its own streaming channel back in like 2020 that was like one of the big drawing points maybe that's mm-hmm. another reason that people went to see this movie is that it became available on on Max but yeah that was like a big one it's like we're going to have all of HBO's catalog um all of uh, the um old looney tunes all of Studio Ghibli ones i, I remember that was like a big hook mm-hmm. um thing for it
0: also like I, it's one of those things that like clearly is just uh uh, like, horn, shoehorned in. Um, but when I looked at the list of Studio Ghibli movies, um, the earliest one is 1988. I, I can't... I don't remember what movie it was. Which mm. means that, like, Nausicaa is, like, a Miyazaki movie but before Studio Ghibli existed. Mm, yeah, so yeah, it's not, not technically... It's like a different one. Yeah, like, it's not technically a Studio Ghibli movie, but obviously they did the Ghibli Fest and they are like, this one's in there. Like, so, <laughs> um,
1: he directed it. It counts.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, but, yeah, so... Uh, but, yeah. Uh, so, anyways... All those movies are on HBO Max, uh and and the big event that we were both uh, a part of was the release of The Boy and the Heron. Um mm-hmm. that yeah. released this past weekend? W- mm-hmm. Was that the first weekend we, we saw yeah. on the opening weekend? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um so yeah, we saw uh The Boy and the Heron. We saw it subbed. Uh, mm-hmm. what did you what did you come away from that movie? What are some thoughts you have about that movie?
1: Yeah, so I actually went to see it with Sydney again. Um, just to sort of get in like a different feeling for it and, or not a different feeling, but just to be like, all right, let me see what I felt in this one. Let me see if I felt it again. And I did, which is that I think the movie is probably closer to something for me. I well, know I haven't seen it, but like probably closer to like Nausicaa of Valley in the Wind, of the Valley of the Wind, than Howl's or even Kiki's where... I think the movie looks amazing, right? Like it looks incredible, mm-hmm. and you're like, "God, it's so nice to have like a 2D movie where you like." Especially, I, I I don't know, like for you, both times I saw it, um, when he's early on, when he's running through the fire, right? Oh my and it god, it looks like dreaming That yes,
0: bro, that moment when he's at the very beginning, I remember, like, I, it's so early in the movie, I was like, "Holy mm-hmm. shit, bro!" They yeah. put the budget, on there. right? <laughs> It looks incredible. and it's the only scene that looks like that in the whole movie, but it's it yeah. fucking incredible.
1: Mm-hmm. Or when they're in the ship, you know, there's like a ship scene, and like those, and they see a bunch of like old timey like you know, Pinta Santa Maria ships in the distance, and it looks amazing right in there, this ocean. Yeah. Um, so the movie looks amazing, you yeah, know, technically incredible, right? Um, I think the story, the first half, I think takes a little bit to. I, mean, well, I don't want to say it takes too long, but I'm saying you know it takes its time, and then mm-hmm. we're to the point where like I feel in the second half it feels a little rushed, a little trunky. for sure. Um, especially because there's a, mm, there's a certain character that shows up I mean, we can talk vaguely because we'll, I think you'll know what I'm talking about. There's this character that shows up who is a little girl. And yep. I think there is a point where she says goodbye to somebody that I think should have hit like a ton of bricks by what she says just before it, but it doesn't because we've literally spent like three real humans, like alive human scenes with her. Right. Right. Um, and I don't know, I don't know how i i don't know if i would make the movie longer or maybe i would introduce her earlier and cut the first half and just make the you know stuff with that i give her more and not know, you know but i'm not going to give notes to fucking miyazaki right so yeah. that's that was my issue with it was that i as i was coming away both times i was like "God, i should have like knocked me in my ass but it yeah. didn't
0: there's a lot of things that get introduced uh near the in the later half of that movie mm-hmm. that are clearly important to the story mm-hmm. um and I just don't feel like we got enough time with any of them. Right. And, yes. and like, like you said, like, you know, I don't want to give me notes, you know what I mean? But like, <laughs> uh, if I were to say, I feel like maybe we spent a little too much time at the very, like, at the beginning of like setting up this. Uh, setting up this new relationship that ultimately mm-hmm. I don't think matters all that much right um like like we spent a lot of time getting breadcrumbs of who this new person is mm-hmm. like and, like you know you get this person to show up and you're like oh okay i see why this person's here and like i remember early on thinking like is this a is this gonna be like a point of friction and it doesn't really mm-hmm. turn out to be right. um and then like you get another breadcrumb that's like oh this person's uh and has a correlation or relationship uh is related to another character that you know and you're like oh okay i didn't know that was going to be the case mm-hmm. and it just took too long to get that information across there's no reason right. i feel like it should have taken that much time but like there's the girl that i think is very important there is uh the large white thing that i think is very important mm-hmm. um that we don't get much time with uh there's the old thing that's important that we don't get much time with. Right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. There's the giant fucking brown thing. I don't know <laughs> if you know what I'm talking about. But yes. Like,
1: yeah. Yeah. Like shimmers. But, yep.
0: Yep. And uh, boy, that seemed like that was a huge fucking deal. And ultimately everything happens with it in like a 10 minute span. I feel like, like yeah. you are introduced to that thing and it is fucking rocking by the time you're introduced to it.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and somebody said, and then there's like a, a, a kind of, sort of like, a. There's some Legos. in the show in the show yeah there's Legos in the show lost there is uh in season two and onward there is a sort of underlying uh, thought experiment where this guy Desmond he has to type in uh, let me see if I remember these numbers correctly because it's been so long uh 8 15 16 24 and 42 I think god damn it what are the lost numbers there's like six iconic numbers um yeah, hold on. all right so say it again uh, eight 8 15 16 24
0: 42 you're close all right four you missed you missed four uh but then 8, oh. 15 16 23 23 and 42, and 42. Yeah. okay
1: yeah so it's like and he has to type those six numbers into a computer every 108 minutes or he's told he's been told that the world will explode Okay. And so it's kind of one of those like, well, I don't want to risk it. And so he basically has to like live in a bunker and like wake up every hour and some change, you know, to, to, to pretty much just like live, chained to this thing. And there's something similar to that in here, but it gets it. And in the show, it's so interesting because it does take its time setting it up and it does test it and tease it. And there's philosophical discussions about it. But in here it's, it's in, there's a similar thing introduced. And it just kind of somebody was like, "Oh, it's a metaphor for him and like his torture as an artist." I'm like, "Yeah, that's cool," but like introduce it earlier because at the end, right. you know, you go that like, bam, there's a thing. I'm like, "Oh, uh, okay, all right." So he's re- he's rejecting his his mission. Okay, right, and so it it in, it, it yeah. it's hard to be like this. I I didn't dig it as much. It just didn't hit me as as hard as it, it could have because it didn't. Compare this to to something like from America's Miyazaki. In my opinion, is Pete Doctor. He did Monsters Inc., Up, uh, and Inside Out and Soul, and he also wrote Toy Story One, Two, and I think he did the story for Wally. So his he's got his fingers in all those, mm-hmm. and that's in my opinion that's America's Miyazaki. His movies, all of them, all of the ones that he directed ted is a drum right you know you, and maybe it's almost too much like clockwork but every time i watch so i'm like you get the right info at the right time and it makes sense and at the end you get hit with something and you feel your heart being squished right and then in, in 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 the boy in the heron i just feel like it could have been there but i feel like the parts are sort of jumbled it's it, it's sort of like jigsaw puzzles that one edge is a little off so it doesn't quite mesh exactly so that you get the whole picture in a nice clean way if that makes exactly.
0: sense yeah like yeah that you're right that conflict of like uh taking up the mantle or not taking the mantle it seems like it's super important, but like it never i know you never get any of the inner thought process or monologue into the decisions being made right you can Mm -hmm. you can piece it together with some context but like i would have preferred you know what i mean like you know to See like why he's making the decisions he's making, or you know what I mean? right like, what it means to this person right um, right and and, and the, maybe the whole like... idea of the mantle being the whole idea that there is even a mantle that even needs to be taken or not taken is given to you like what legitimately feels like fifteen minutes before the decision's made
1: <laughs> right you <laughs> know, yeah. yes, yeah, exactly right, 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 and. <laughs> And it, it's hard right because for me like as i as i sit back i have to remind myself you know it, it, it movies like any other art thing like we've talked about here before they don't have to right like me right. dinging it does not re- reduce it i'm just like it's just not clicking for me as much as it could but right. that is not me saying that this is the incorrect way to do a movie if that makes right. sense right like you know how i was saying i was like Pixar movies are perfect it's like well not every movie has to be a Pixar movie perfect, right? And sometimes be,
0: them being too like you said, too tight, too perfect gets like kinda like stay Okay, right. And now here comes the oh and we're
1: sad. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> right, exactly. Right, exactly. Yeah, right. And that's what, you know and even Pixar's not perfect, right? There's but you know, they've had low points and stuff in movies that didn't click. Um, but the ones that do click follow those rules, but then you know, they do it so well that you don't feel like they're just going through the motions and, and hitting the same Story beats every time, right? Um, but still, I, I'm sure you agree with me that this is something kind of like when when I used to criticize or when I when I used to talk about Marvel action movies or what's another one or like horror movies nowadays, where this is better than ninety percent of all animo- animated movies ever made. Exactly. I think, yep. right? And so I think the yeah, reason we're I'm talking being so- about the worst Tarantino movie. Right. Exactly, right. Yes, 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 yes. That's the other one. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Right? Death Proof is not in Glorious Bastards, right? Right. In, but if in... you
0: put Death Proof up against a bunch of movies, I'm like, damn, that shit's tight. Like, yeah,
1: exactly, <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. So, so... You
0: look at this dude who's made... Literally... Man, I don't... All right, so if we if we address the fact that, like, kind of, like we've talked about, because I, I don't know how this... If you google this i don't know what the answer it's going to give you is but we if we say that things being animated is not a genre because Mm. animated movies can have different genres right there could be an animated suspense movie there could be an animated comedy an animated horror movie right this is like this dude has created a genre of his own it is literally like Ghibli movies like the like, right. there's a Ghibli fest like these are yeah. the movies that comprise this genre there is nothing like there's there's nothing that holds a candle to it I'm sure somewhere somebody along the line has made a thing that they wanted to imitate these ideas of movies but like ultimately you want one of these kinds of movies you go to this guy and you watch and any he's the only one movies.
1: yeah exactly yeah, so, yeah. Like, kind of like Michael Bay movies right
0: yeah <laughs> Yeah,
1: you'll get you, you your. Want, you your, want mice fucking, bro? That's Michael Bay and Michael Bay only. <laughs> and i am saying, like, you know, you you want that sort of look and sheen. There, people. they are people who imitate it, and they they just don't get that certain same, you know, little like pizzazz, right? Like only the way only somebody like he could look at it, right?
0: Right. Yeah, Scorsese makes a mob movie. Other people make mob movies, but they're not Scorsese's. You know? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Tarantino's got the same thing, right? Like people right. will be like, oh, well, it's about the dialogue, the snappy dialogue, and it just comes off looking like a ripoff. Like no matter how hard they try.
0: Right, exactly. Um, so yeah, so that's the thing. Like we're we're ding this movie, but like ultimately I mean it's it's still one of the only things that's able to accomplish what it accomplishes. Right? Like it mm-hmm. is it is one of very few. Like I don't know how many movies this guy's made, but if he's made ten, it's one of ten that's able to be everything you want from a movie that this guy makes. um So I, I think it right. is still good. I think it is still. Hmm. I think it's good. It may not be solid. I guess is what I would say. Like right, I think right. I think I can. There's some things about it that I feel shaky about. But like ultimately, you walk away. You're like that was cool. Like even we walked out, and I was like, I feel like I'm gonna have to sit with it a while. I don't really know what some of the things we're going yeah. for, but. Like, it was still an experience, right? Like, it was right, still exactly. a thing that is unique in its own way that was worth seeing, in my opinion.
1: Right, exactly. Like, you're not going to get... One of the moments that I was like, oh, shit. Is like, the heron, the titular heron, talks to him. And then all of a sudden, fish are like, join us. Join us. And I yeah. was like, oh, what the fuck? Like,
0: bro, right? the moment, the first... Bro, all right, I... Woo! I just got goosebumps thinking about it. It's like... Man, uh... Some of see what i want to do here how i want to say this um another thing that here's a good example i talked about i think the movie spends too much time setting up some of that stuff before the movie gets going mm. um some of the dynamics between the people that are that are involved I, I don't think those needed to be hammered home as much i i feel like you could have given us a rough idea of the situation and people would be like okay i've seen enough movies i know i know what could be in play here." Um, but the heron specifically, there is a vibe you get early on from the heron that is not the vibe you get later with the heron, mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah. Um, And there is a scene where it's the, fir- I'm pretty sure it's the first time you see that the heron does not have the ordinary mouth of a bird. And oh, it is yes. maybe through a window, if I remember uh-huh. correctly. Yeah, And yeah. I remember being creeped the fuck out. and like, mm. a good way. Like, I was yes. like, what the fuck is you see that? Like, yeah, you see, like, teeth, teeth. right? You see yeah. teeth. You see grinning teeth from a bird that should have no fucking teeth. And, he's and like, you're like, Ugh. hey, yo, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. And, and kind of the reason I brought up the dynamics thing is that, like, while I think they maybe spent too much time with that, like, I don't know that you can pull off that feeling with that character if we didn't have enough time you get what I'm saying? like the yeah i feel yeah. very confident that miyazaki wants that feeling to be there until you learn more about what's going on
1: right right it's like, it's like this off-kilter look to it
0: right right, right. and i think i think Ooh. maybe if we sped through that first part of that movie like we think we could i don't think that part of it works well you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, if I yeah, really think yeah, about mm-hmm. it, if we're not spending as much time worrying about what the fuck that is, yeah. then then it doesn't work as well as it does in the
1: movie. The, so, there's a uh, GIF from, I'm sure, I think it's Adventure Time. I'm sure you've seen it on the internet before. I've never seen that show, but I've seen the GIF. And it's the deer taking off its hooves, and then there's, like, fingers under it. Have you seen... Uh, I, hold on. GIF, Adventure Time, deer. I think it's a
0: deer... Uh, hooves. Okay, hooves. I typed in deer and hooves came up next. So let's see what yeah. this is.
1: I think is it originally? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Right? And it's a sort of like a weird, you know, like bizarre sort of um surreal energy to it that I think is what you're talking about with the teeth, and you see that you're like, oh, okay. Alright, that's a little yeah. you know, it, it, it taps something um, you know, lizard part of your brain. Yeah. Uh, also I wanted combined to- with the voice. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: You're like, this is not if if that would have happened and the heron talked like this." You, like you'd be like, <laughs> you'd be like, "Okay, it's probably fine." Like, yeah. <laughs> but but that is not how the heron talks. Right, <laughs> when he's he's like, "Oh my god." And then someone tells you
1: that's Robert Pattinson and you're like, "Get the fuck out
0: of."
1: Um I wanted to touch on something because I don't, I don't think anybody's mentioned it. And I don't think it's intentional. And I, I don't know. I, I don't know what to think. So, I mentioned it to Sydney after I watched it. Because I noticed it when, after her and I watched it. But okay. it feels like there's like Disney references. And I don't know if they were intentional or what was being cooked there. Because, um, so, for example, there's seven old ladies. There's seven old ladies and they look like oh. little dwarves. So, there's like seven I didn't even dwarves. think of that. Okay, yeah, I see that. And um, when they go to, into this room into this house, um Mahito and an old lady, and then from the ceiling, a single red rose falls and hits the ground. It melts, but it's just a red rose.
0: And okay. I was like, that yeah.
1: was like Beauty and the Beast. And then okay. later on, there's a character who falls asleep or who is knocked out. And she is literally in like the in the I think it's in the Sleeping Beauty or Sleep or Snow White uh the Sleeping Beauty case. Yeah. Okay, I did see that. I was like, oh okay. Like I remember seeing that and being like Okay, we're doing that. <laughs> okay, right. And so I was like, and it, it's not like it, it happens enough, where I think it, I mean, or maybe it's not even in Sleeping Beauty. I actually have never seen Sleeping Beauty, but um, you know, it's like this. It's like a like a dome, not domed, a glass, yeah, a glass half dome. Oh, it's uh, it's Snow White. Snow White is, is Snow the White, one. That's okay, in it. yeah, yeah. Um, and so it, I was like, so what's and you and I couldn't look it up on Twitter because anytime you look up the boy and the heron and Disney, it comes up with like, oh, you know, Disney. You know, um, Disney is an animated movie, and they made these movies, but you know, there's nobody talking about that. And so I was like, I wonder if anybody else picked up it. And I'd love to see if anybody did, or if there was another one that maybe I missed. But I was like, it, especially with the rose, I was like, where did that come from? Right? Like, it's not a right. It, it's just a rose that drops from the ceiling and it just lands, and then nobody mentions it. Nobody does anything. I wonder, In, but- I, I wonder if I would
0: have. I wonder if I would have. All right, so I wonder if I would have caught the old ladies thing looking like dwarfs. Uh, the reason that I didn't, uh, I can go ahead and tell you now, a hundred percent, I would have never noticed it because all I could think about is that I swear to God that one of the old ladies, they just reused Sophie's face from Howl's Moving Cat. Yeah. I swear <laughs> to God, it's exactly the fucking same. And the, I was oh, like, the super old lady one. Yeah, I was like, I was like. Uh, it's the it's the older lady one with i think like the bigger nose uh like the kind mm-hmm. of fat nose i i was looking at it and, and maybe the nose is different but i remember like looking at the way the wrinkles are drawn on the face and the whole every time she was on screen i was like i, I really wish like i really wish it wasn't so inconsiderate to pull out a phone because i would straight up look for the picture and just hold it up like it like side by side to try and see if it's exactly the same i swear it is i i swear it is i
1: i could probably be wrong
0: but in hey, my heart it's of like,
1: hearts, it's I, it's I like feel a, like it's the same. What if that's like that's like a sister? Nick Fury's like, you think you're the only old lady in this universe? <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> we just need Hal to come into the fucking Heron. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's all I could see. So like, I definitely would have never thought of the dwarves because I was like, is this the same bitch? <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, yeah. So I could definitely see the Disney Rents. I definitely caught the case. Uh, Like the sleeping or the Snow White case, I definitely. Maybe it's
1: just like a straight up Snow White. Maybe if I rewatch Snow White, there'd be like little things that I would notice, like maybe like I don't know. Maybe it's maybe the um the rose isn't as much of a part, but definitely the the fact that there's seven dwarves, they made seven old ladies, and then you have the lady in the glass case that looks it looks like the Sleeping Beauty case or uh, the Snow White case. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no way that it was like. Or maybe, you know, you never know. Maybe it's like one of those things where, like, we need people, we need li- little ladies, and you just draw seven, right? Like, subconsciously, right. you know, I- I'm sure if you are an animator, you have watched Snow White to the point of of it being kind of like, you know, my Die Hard, right? Or my right. S- Spider-Man 1, where it's like, it-, it just seeps into your subconscious. Or I'm sure if I made a movie, there'd be a lot of things that would be from Die Hard, be like, like a shot Matrix. selection. Yeah. <laughs> or The Matrix, right? Exactly. Would it be like, you just ripped it off. I'm like, I... Didn't even know, bro.
0: Yeah, there's gonna be a scene where like shelves come flying past a person and they're gonna be like, You just <laughs> did the the weapon rack and the matrix You'd be like, damn, I guess I did.
1: <laughs> I, I'm gonna make a movie about like fucking I don't know, like my childhood or something, and somebody's gonna run in and be like Mikey's fighting Yuli Some <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs>
0: snow in La Casa, snow in La Casa! Uh, yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, oh, man. You think that's snow? Look again, and then he turns around. <laughs> and <he's like> a... <laughs> oh, we oh, you know you. You know what it is. Was that really snow,
0: or were you just Are looking? You... at you oh, yeah, yeah. uh, uh,
1: hey. You you think that's snow under your feet right now? <laughs> <laughs> oh God! All right, so <laughs> huh. yeah,
0: um, but yeah, I mean, it was. Uh, I'm glad I went and saw it. Yeah.
2: Oh yeah, I, absolutely. Yeah
0: yeah. I give it. All right. I give it an 8 out of 10. I think I would put I it too. below Howl's Moving Castle, which I gave an mm-hmm. 8.5, but not substantially so. Um, and I do think I would liked it more than Nausicaa, which I gave like a 7. So I think 8 is yeah. perfect for me.
1: Yeah, um, I think I, I definitely have it below a Spirit Away and um, Howl's, and definitely Kiki's, um, but above Porco Rosso. Because I think but Porco Rosso still looks amazing, but it, it's much more, it, it's kind of like Eileen, or or like I was saying earlier, where it's like, um, it's an exercise in, in, in light, fun it's a hangout movie you know um whereas this there's more here that you can definitely come away with especially toward the end and it looks amazing it looks better i mean it's not the uh, you know brooke fault that it came out you know 30 years ago but right um it is what it is it is what it is right? <laughs> hey jerry
0: west would get dusted trying to get a crossover from russell west
1: <laughs> right like you watch toy story 4 the rain scene and then you watch toy story 1 where the the character's eyes literally never close at the same time, because they couldn't do it. Like, if you ever watch Toy Story 1, whenever somebody blinks, they always blink one eye before the other.
0: I thought that was on purpose just to be some weird toy thing. Oh, Did no, no, no. Really they just, just like literally. A... Incapability?
1: No, they just couldn't do both eyes at the same time for some reason. If you. I forget why. I was listening to the commentary. They're like, basically, we couldn't do it. So basically, anytime somebody blinks in Toy Story, it's always one eye and then the other.
0: Okay. Yeah, I've noticed that. I just. To me, it just seemed like a weird, like, toy thing. Oh, to a toy me. thing? No, there, no. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like like the little dolls that like close their eyes on their own when you tilt them back, like sometimes they get wonky oh, yeah like, yeah, and yeah, I was like, oh eh, yeah, that um they're like, nah, bro, that's just a limitation of the times. Um, uh, but uh but you may walk away. I mean, I don't know because I haven't seen Toy Story four yet. But even with that being the case, you may still say Toy Story One's a better movie. Um which is the case with like uh Kikis, right? Like like visually this may be more stunning than Kiki's, but like Kiki's still a better movie. Um Whereas, you know, that might not be the case for Porco Rosso. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the only other thing I want to touch on is the voice acting. Uh, and that's to say, we we saw the sub, so I don't have a whole lot to say about it. But, right, uh, right. The, the two things I have to say about it is that um, having watched the subvert... So, you told me Robert Pattinson did a goblin voice before I ever saw this movie. And I... But I never heard it. I never listened to the trailer to hear his voice before mm. the, the movie, before we saw it. So I listened, we watched the movie, subbed, with the Japanese voice actors. Mm-hmm. And then on the way home, I was like, I want to hear what it sounds like. So I pulled up the English trailer, and Robert P- Pattinson sounds exactly like that fucking Japanese guy, bro. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, I was like, okay, it's the same fucking dude. Like, I know <laughs> it's not, but... He killed it. Like he, he killed he, it. Yeah, he exactly, heard it yeah. In the original and was like, I can do that. And just did it. Like, <laughs> like, um, so that was incredible. Uh, mm-hmm. never in a million years, if nobody told you that was Robert Pattinson, you you would just never guess Robert Pattinson. Exactly, right. You, right. you would be yeah. like, I don't know who it is, but it's a guy doing a thing and you You're probably just like it's Mark him. Hamill. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um The other thing I want to say is uh when I looked at that trailer, uh I didn't realize that the English dub had so many fucking people in it. Like it's Florence Pugh, Robert Pattinson, uh Christian Bale, Willem Dafoe, Mark Hamill. Like I I'm like Jesus Christ, bro. <laughs> like I this is God, Who did we say this about? We said this about another director. I feel like where it's like if that director actually that director's at a point where if they ask you to do something every- I like Nolan. Yeah, it, Nolan, maybe Taranzino, Spielberg, you Yeah, Spielberg like they ask you to be in a movie whoever they want they can probably get right dude, um, if you
1: ever get a chance to watch the movie um lincoln the okay. the one the the, the Daniel, uh dd lewis yeah dude everyone is in that movie everyone yeah. uh kendall roy um adam driver that creepy guy from chronicle every yeah. old actor you've ever think of you have ever thought of is in that movie did you watch it in every scene you're like that's the guy from that thing that's the guy yeah. from that thing i feel like that's like this right where they're like well of course we're going to be in a in a Miyazaki movie, you know,
0: right? Exactly. So uh, I guess he's in uh, another good ex- another example. I feel like it's not on the same level, but it's the same idea. I I feel like I feel like Sesame Street can probably get whoever they want. You know what I mean? Because like mm-hmm. people are like, oh yeah, it's my childhood. I'll I'd love to be on an episode of Sesame Street. Um, that that same vibe. Uh, yeah. But um,
1: the th- oh go ahead. I was gonna say I was like, and the crazy thing is that if I were to read the names i mean i know you know uh christian bell plays um jesus um the mantle holder right I th- yes yes exactly yeah yeah um uh, 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 you, you can sort of see who people would play in the movie right so like if yeah. i told you i was like dave batista who do who do we would who would we think he would play <laughs> right I, I, exactly you know a big guy right yeah yeah a large um, individual Yeah, somebody said uh, Willem Dafoe, um, and he plays a certain dying character, and they're like, this is who he plays. And I was like, oh, my God, that's perfect, right? Like That fits perfectly.
0: Yeah, but what's funny, too, about that specifically, specifically Willem Dafoe and that character, is that I I saw a Reddit post where they were like, I was watching this movie, and I thought the heron was Willem Dafoe the whole time until I heard that fucking bird and I was like, That's William Defoe. <laughs> like, who the fuck is this? <laughs> like I, like I guess if you didn't look yeah. it up and you just knew the people that were in it but not who they played, they're like, Oh, this this heron's gotta be Willem Defoe. Then they heard that dying character and they were like, Hold on. <laughs> What's yeah, going no, on here? Like, yeah. Who the fuck is this? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: um
0: But but yeah, uh and so the only other thing I was gonna say is it it's kind of weird to me that i was surprised So maybe this is me in like just kind of being outside of the loop because i haven't watched them as they came out or anything but like i walked away from house moving castle literally the night before we watched this movie thinking like christian bale was pretty good but he was kind of off sometimes and then i like i saw that he was in it and i was like i'm surprised they brought him back because i felt like he didn't like in my head, I was like he didn't quite nail it, so like i don't mm-hmm. I'm surprised you brought him back, but like maybe maybe people didn't feel that way when that movie came out. maybe they thought he was great um, right,
1: now, I do I, think people love him in that role, so I think yeah. we're in the outliers for this one, yeah,
0: yeah, so uh but yeah, like everything's great and, and the voice acting from i mean I didn't see the English version in in theaters or anything, but like from the trailer, none of it sounds weird to me, like it all sounds pretty decent um it all matches up with what sounds right to me yeah um but yeah uh, also we uh i saw a tweet where they're like if there's anything you know about miyazaki he's gonna find a reason to put some little guys in this movie and uh <laughs> the thing was is that n- neither nausicaa nor how's moving castle really have those little guys i just knew that was a thing he did
1: mm-hmm. but this movie had him i was like all right here we go <laughs> yeah <laughs> this fucking, movie has him uh, uh spirited away has him and yeah um what's the other one that has him i think it's um my neighbor Totoro has him okay
0: yeah so maybe i have to check out some of those other movies but uh yeah, yeah i just i saw him i was like hey there it is there's the signature um mm-hmm. but yeah so really happy glad i went to see it <clears throat> give it an 8 out of 10 if if it seems like something you'd be into give it a shot i again he's his own genre so it's like hard to recommend it to someone that you don't yeah. Oh, this you would have these I feel like you'd have to know they already like these kinds of movies to recommend it.
1: Right. I was going to say I was like this would not be the first movie that I would recommend of his to somebody
0: right uh, I mean, out of the ones I've seen House is probably the first because it's got like a kind of stereotypical vibe to it like we we deal with uh the girl who has who doesn't view herself as pretty, and then that that comes into like we have a witch and uh you know like it, like right right it, and, like a,
1: a prince, a charming prince.
0: Right, exactly. There's enough stuff that you've seen before in, in other places that, like, it all feels familiar while still being unique and new. Um, so I, that's, out of the ones I've seen, I would definitely say that's a good one to start with. Yeah. So, yeah,
1: uh, anything else you wanted to talk about? Um, Not with the movie, um, yeah. but with the episode, just two quick things at the bottom. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. so um, this week there was news that Shohei Ohtani finally signed his contract and he signed with the Dodgers for $700 million. Ten years. $700 Ten years. Million. So
0: $70 million a year.
1: Yeah. Oof. But uh, did you hear the, the, about the wrinkle about the deferred payments thing? Oh, uh, maybe it's
0: like the fucking, maybe it's like only $20 million every year until the end and then they just give them it all in a lump change or some shit like that, right? Oh, it's um two million. Okay, here's the thing. I was gonna say two million, but I was like, wait. So that means it's fucking six hundred and eighty million at the end. I was like, maybe it was twenty
1: million.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. so two million. It is two million. I it, as I was gonna say it, I thought I would sound stupid, so I didn't say two. No, million yeah, it,
1: it's it's ridiculous because so it's a, it's a bunch of things. It's, it's 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 so realistically in terms of inflation and all that shit, the contract will end up being. Closer to ten-year, four hundred and eighty million, which is still the record, but they just wanted to really get that number with the injury. Because of his injury, they wanted to really be like, no, this is the you know, it's kind of like NFL. It, it was pretty much the MLB equivalent of an NFL contract, where they were like, my my client got five years, one hundred million, but it's really only thirty guaranteed, and we can cut him after two years, kind of thing, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so it's like one of those. And so, um, but apparently he did that so that they could. Sign other players, which sounds—I don't know. This sounds like it's—it's it's the kind of shit that leads to strikes and to <laughs> players' unions striking because it's like this can't—you know—you you basically can sign like Aaron Judge or like another one of those guys, right? And you already have Mookie Betts and you have Shohei. You're like, there's something—it's you know, being cooked here, right? It's—you know—it—it it seems right. a little little fishy. Or,
0: yeah, that's the thing. So, like, actually. Here's the thing. Do you think that is uh, an issue that the players would strike? Or do you think that's an issue that like owners would have to bring in and be like, owners would be like, look, we can't be competitive this way. Like we got to stop this. I don't know. You know what I mean? I'm trying to figure out some owners are going to hate other owners for it. And then some players are going to hate other players for it. It's just going to be a fucking mess.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm going to, um, I sent you a video. Somebody made this. I think they made this with AI, but it is a clip from the Wolf of Wall Street where oh, Leo yeah. is explaining the rat hole. Have you seen it? Have you, have you seen this clip? You sent it to me, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just um, sent it to Bruce. you, or before, maybe just, I sent it to you again just now, just so that you could watch it, but I'm gonna play it, because it's incredible, right? So imagine, if you've seen The Wolf of Wall Street, there's like plenty of scenes where they're doing illegal shit, and they're like opening bags, of duffel bags of cash, and, and they're like, narrating, uh, you know, breaking the fourth wall, narrating, yeah. breaking the fourth wall, and stuff, and he talks about the show Hate Deal. Hate Deal was beautiful. The 10-year contract for $700 million
2: Books for two million dollars a year in this market. Make more than his deferred salary in endorsements. Meanwhile, we have sixty-eight million dollars free to pay Otani to work. So I set them up in our conference room. God.
1: God. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfuckers. But oh, yeah. uh, I don't really follow baseball, but I think it's interesting. I, I knew this deal was going to be huge. Um, but it is so interesting. Johnny
0: was like, I'll take it. I'll take two million a year so you can put other people around me. Because the thing is, I've been trapped on this goddamn abomination of a fucking team. <laughs> the angels uh, too. am just fucking wasting away.
1: Uh, yeah. And and apparently, well, I don't know. I, I saw a tweet today I meant to look it up more into it, but apparently he can void his contract with them if they the Dodgers get rid of, I think, the like the the, the um president of baseball operations or like basically like the GMs or something. I, I need to look into that. I don't it might not be true, but that would be insane. Right. right? Um imagine if you are at your job and the biggest right the biggest guy in your company or your 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 field is like hey i'm vouching for this guy over here so if he's if he gets fired i'm gone too you're like god damn right exactly yeah never been more
0: job security in your life
1: Um, (laughs) lebron james goes hey if that cameraman if he gets fired (laughs) i'm leaving the lakers right
0: oh yeah exactly um so yeah that's just it's a wild deal i mean baseball is like always kind of crazy sounding Mm -hmm. um but yeah so that that's just wild um the other thing you have here uh yes is is, uh i have such mixed feelings on. (laughs) Uh, so go ahead go ahead yeah lay lay out your claim
1: i i wanted to bring it up because this so because of the um um, holiday schedule, we won't be able to record again for another three weeks. Just to, that we try to get it right so that we didn't record too soon and then too late afterward. And so, I wanted to mention it so that I could carbon mm. copy it and carbon date it and you know put it on the books for today because right now it's a fact, but it is that uh, Dak Prescott is the MVP front runner, like the odds favorite yeah um in vegas and so i'm like I, I mean i don't think i call it well i i've been calling it for years every time we do our, our preview i'm like dak mvp this is the year and for for once i am finally maybe potentially right and so i'm like like you said i'm excited i mean i i think you said you're split i'm more like 90 happy 10 like fuck i should have put some actual money down but fuck it <laughs> um but yeah so he's the mvp front runner and it's him and brock purdy and i think it's inbrook pretty pretty much tied maybe he's in the lead a little bit in terms of odds and then Lamar Jackson is below them but I think it's pretty much like a three horse race with one like a little bit more distant than the other ones.
0: Yeah, so here's where I'm split on it, right? Is that like man, I don't think I would ever I'm I'm lower on deck than a lot of people. Um but like man, I would never walk away from a season and being like God, we have an MVP-level quarterback. Um, And this this could be a conversation for another time. But, like, I, I just – I've never felt that co- – the way that Green Bay had to have felt confident when Aaron Rodgers was there, the way that fucking Colts had to have felt confident when Peyton Manning was there, Brady with the Patriots, I've never felt that confident with Dak Prescott. Um, like – I'm always like, he's going to fucking overthrow this dude who's wide open and mm-hmm. we're just going to fucking lose, uh, blah, blah, blah. And then, but the reason I'm split is because the two best cases I've heard for his MVP are like really straightforward and really solid, which is that one, we just all need to agree that an MVP will always be a quarterback. It is a quarterback award and it will never be yeah. anything else, Yeah, which I hate. Like, because mm-hmm. personally, I think the answer is, and here's a weird thing: I saw someone like, a, like a football analyst be like, "It would be an abomination if Tyreek Hill won the MVP," and I was just like, "Why?" He's like, He's,
1: "He, he, yeah, he exactly. seems
0: clearly like the most valuable player to me." Right.
1: <laughs> and it's very weird because I feel like college football has it is more uh, has more. I mean, not recently, but I think it. It, it has a history of being having more parity for right. toward having running more running backs. Yeah. Wide receivers, Devontae Smith, even a defensive player. Well I know you know there's been a defensive MVPs, but I think there's been a more recent defensive Heisman than there has been a defensive MVP.
0: I am sure. I mean not for nothing. I can remember Monte Teo being in the Heisman race. Um, right.
1: Oh yeah you're right. Sue in two thousand ten. You know he was one of the invited oh, yeah.
0: people. Yep. Yeah. So so that has more parity. Like, so, all right, your your number one argument is that no matter what, the MVP is a quarterback award. And I think yeah. that's dumb, but it's a solid case because it's all it's ever fucking been. Uh, right. But, and then two, the other solid case is that, like, offenses kind of just suck. Teams just kind of suck this year. Like, ultimately, there's, I feel like, three? There are three, maybe four good teams in the NFL which is I think the 49ers the Cowboys and then like some weird variation of like probably the Eagles and the Ravens I think mm-hmm. are the only teams yeah. that like anybody would ever have any confidence in and it's like, yeah, I agree yeah I guess like a lot most of the other teams, like the bills are supposed to be good they're six and six the Chiefs are always supposed to be good they are not um, they're not like bad, but they look shaky. You know what I mean? They look very beatable yeah. by anybody. And so it's like all these teams kind of like haven't really worked out. And so it's like, yeah, I mean, I guess. Like it seems like a lot of teams suck and we don't, so okay. Um <laughs> like I don't I don't feel right calling him an MVP quarterback, but then I'm like, I mean, I guess he's the, the most logical case for MVP at this point. <laughs> like, I don't I don't know how to explain it. Um All right, so here's a here's a question for you. And because and, I literally don't know the answer, what mm-hmm. your answer will be, because you're, I feel like we have the same thoughts on one of the people I'm going to mention, and then wildly the mm-hmm. different thoughts on the other one, which is to say, if you could, I, I'll phrase it two different ways. We'll get, we'll see if the answer changes. So you get both of their careers at the very beginning, and you can build a team around them. So if you could, in a vacuum, isolate this player from their circumstances, and build your team around this player, right? Mm-hmm. Do you take, but this also includes everything about that character in the vacuum or player in the vacuum. Do you take mm-hmm. Dak Prescott or do you take Tony Romo with, with his back injuries? You know, they're going to happen. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. but I, and this is, again, I don't know what your answer is going to be, but my answer was like, bro, we were, we were down in the fourth quarter and Tony Romo gets behind center and we start running a no hotel offense. I'm like, we're fucking schmooving down the field. Like, right. I'm so confident that we're pushing this down. And, like, I know the knock on him is he throws a lot of interceptions late, but also our defense was giving up like 40 fucking points a game. He was always having to play from behind. Like, he was going to have to try and make some shit happen sometimes. You do that all the time, you get some picks. But, like, I felt so confident whenever, like, we started, he ended up in the, with the ball in his hands. I was like, we're going to fucking move down this field. Um, and I just felt that, and I do not have that same feeling with Dak. So, a whole career, you get the career they have. Who who are you building your team around? Are you building it around Tony Romo, or are you building it around Dak Prescott?
1: It's kind of hard, because it's like one of those things where, like, it's like it's in vacuum, but then also it's not, right? Because I think, um, what's his name? Uh, Romo always did more with less. Right. And I feel like Dak has been lucky to... Like if I if you told me you're like you're gonna get Dak with Kellen Moore or Mike McCarthy, I'd be like, Fuck yeah, the whole time. Yeah, let's do it, right? Or you're gonna tell me like, oh, you're gonna get Romo, like twenty fourteen, you know, with with those weapons, right? When he finally got weapons, right? Or early on when he had Bill Parcel, right? And- but then there's like this no man's land from like right? Okay. From like 20, 20, 2009 or no, they made the playoff those huge from like twenty eleven through like twenty thirteen, where they were like eight and eight. Right. So I'm like what, right? So, it- but I mean,
0: right, but here's, here's all right. So again, this is uh, I mean, this is a thought experiment. So there's no right answer. But like in my head, I'm like, all right. Tony Romo had his coaches were what? Wade Phillips. He had Bill Parcells very early, but that was short, very short. Yeah, yeah. Mm, it was but one he year, had, yeah. or half what? a year. Yeah. He had Wade Phillips, and then Jason Garrett. Is that it? Hmm. Yep. And neither of those dudes are good head coaches. Exactly. Neither of them. So, like, mm-hmm. you had garbage head coaches, and some people think Mike McCarthy's bad, but Mike McCarthy has won a Super Bowl. Uh, I did have one of the best offenses in the league in with uh, Aaron Rodgers. You know what I mean? And now has has a one yeah. now. Yep. Yeah. So there's that. Um, this is always the most wild shit to me. Dak Prescott. Let's just let, all right. Let's just compare number one receivers over their career. Dak Prescott has had uh, probably Des Bryant for a very short period of time. Was probably mm. maybe like what one, two years? Um, Twenty, uh, just one. 2016, 2017. Yeah, two years. Just, just but yeah, it, two years that he was the best. But it was the tail end of Des. It was right. Like Des was not doing great. But I, I will say there's a very clear drop off. I feel like Des immediately started performing worse once it went from Romo to da- Dak. But right. Even still, all right. So you got Des. If we get both versions of dead, Romo's got to hit the 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 upper hand on that. But I mean yeah. after that, you got Amari Cooper, fucking every every number one receiver Romo's had, I feel like, left the team, made a shit ton of money, and was out of the league in two years. Like right. Miles Austin, they were like, This motherfucker's the next fucking wide receiver in the future. Uh-huh. Bro, he ended up at the Browns, I think, and was yeah. gone in two years. Fucking I think Patrick Creighton got a big deal from somebody and mm-hmm. he was fucking gone. Uh, Sam Heard the Sam Bear, Hurd, yeah, fucking gone. Uh who else do we have? Miles Austin, Creighton, uh, fucking
1: Terrence Williams? No, I Terrence was gonna Williams say Terrence was... Williams. Terrence Williams was is pretty there, good,
0: man. but but like it uh, yeah. Either way, I think I think you can look at all the receivers that Tony Romo had and look at the number <laughs> one receivers Dak had between the Tail End of Dez, Amari Cooper, and C D Lamb. And be like, yeah, he definitely was better off. Like, I, I mean, Tony Romo's best receiver was probably Jason Witten, which I'm not saying Jason Witten's like not a Hall of Fame tight end, but like Jason Witten's not going to blow up a defense. You know what I mean? <laughs> He's going to get you a six yard game uh, for sure. Um, right, right. And then at running back, I mean, Demarco Murray is probably that's thing he had Demarco Murray, but like early Zeke was. Probably just as good as DeMarco Murray was. Oh, yeah. If
1: not better, yeah. 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 And I feel like... 2016 to 2018, Zeke, 2019, it's like, he's like the best running back in football. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think we, I don't know if we mentioned this, but like he had like more rushing yards and maybe touchdowns than Derrick Henry. And like, it's just, he fell off kind of quick. So like never gets brought up, but he was like outperforming Derrick Henry for most of the rookie contract. Um... But yeah, so I just I just feel like I I see all these things that Dak has had better, and also like the one year that Tony Romo was supposed to have all of it is the year he
1: got hurt and like right exactly we he was to... so fucking good yeah <laughs> twenty fifteen dude uh, yeah him not being there for twenty fifteen and twenty sixteen is like one of those like do you like it's not even like a what if because I think it would have been a more of a what if. But it's like one of those you look back, you're like, man, that could have been something. It's not even a what if right. because you don't even think about it because it it, it happens so early, the injuries. Yeah. But if you get halfway through both of those seasons, there's no way he's not at least like six and one or seven and one or five and two and you know right. what I'm saying, like the same as 2014, right? There's no reason why 2014 doesn't happen again over the next two or three years.
0: Right, exactly. So, anyways, so that's that's my uh, so over the career, you know, it's hard to say. All right, so yeah. my my other theoretical question was just going to be, uh, you have the best version of dak which is probably this year right yeah oh yeah easy yeah you you put this version of dak or fucking 2014 tony romo you got to go down the field one drive and score like i'm i'm taking tony romo i'm taking I,
1: tony romo to get me down the field once you know what i mean like yeah i mean I, I i don't know it'd be hard because i think i think that 2014 romo had i think like three or four game winning drives and i think this year dak had two but in both cases like when Dak was driving down against Seattle, like when they got the ball back and they were down, I think, I believe I want to say like four or five, mm-hmm. I was like, Oh yeah, he's got this. Like I didn't, I didn't worry a single second. Right. Which I'm sure I, I didn't worry about Dak in 2014 or just, just Romo in 2014. So I think yeah. both of those have, re- I, I think, I don't think I'd be able to pick. I think both of them, I would trust both of them at where they are now. Yeah. Right. Because at yeah. that point I was like, I was trusting him with my life for the end of 2014, you know, 13 and three or no four, uh, 12 and four. And then this one, same thing with this one where I'm like, You know, he, the, the, the the offense getting gashed by Geno Smith. And then he just goes out there and just goes, yeah, I'm going to fuck this bitch up. Right. Down the seam. You know. um, And the, the, tough thing for me,
0: and this is like, uh, this is where like, again, I'm like so weird about the DAC MVP thing is I feel like the best ranked defense we've won a game against is like 20th. Like, you know what I mean? Like he's putting up all these numbers against like literally bottom third defenses which it's all we're scheduled i can't fault him for putting up numbers against the teams that are scheduled but like it i would hope we can put up good numbers against 20 and below defense in the league you know what i mean <laughs> right so it's, yeah it's, I mean, like, you know what i mean like we moved down the field against the seahawks and it was clutch and maybe we were confident
1: about it but like they're not a great it, defense so <laughs> i mean if he can move if you know the, the jets defense made everybody look pedestrian except for him and then if he can do the same against the Bills defense, which is a little bit better, I think I will be more like, yeah. I mean. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that was,
0: uh, I was talking to my dad. I don't think I was talking to you. But, like, I think the last stretch of the season is critical for how I view his whole season. Like, like because, I mean, like, man, it doesn't mean a lot to beat the Giants, the Commanders twice each. And, you know what I mean? Like, we've... we've dog the shit out of a lot of really bad teams but if we go through this final stretch and we we play well we win you know four out of the last six something like that it's like this is legitimately like great football on his part you know what i mean yeah um so that will all be interesting to to see play out yeah yeah, and and then by the time that
1: yeah by the time that we record again i think we'll believe we'll have two games left no, we'll have one game left. We'll just have the commanders game, the, the season finale, which might knock on wood. You know he'll be resting that one. Yeah. Uh, so I guess we'll see.
0: I will, see. Say, I will I think, bro. If we if we end the season fucking um, thirteen and four, mm-hmm. or, you know what I mean? Yeah. But we lose in the first round of the playoffs again. bro. I'm gonna be so I, fucking devastated.
1: I really don't. I mean. I really, really don't think so. I would be much more worried in the second round, but I really don't think the first round because we would either face the the, the NFC South champ or it would be like some sort of the the giants. the giants, the Packers, or I believe maybe even the Bears. So we wouldn't even face the best wild card bro, team, bro, bro. If we, but the, oh, bro. I here's the thing.
0: It I feel like we should win. But the Packers are low-key. Like, I'm like, Jordan
1: Love, randomly. Yeah. People, like, the oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. But then they that. just lost like, to fucking Tommy DeVito. So I'm like, yeah, for sure. before this bro, weekend, before Tommy Monday, I was Tommy like, DeVito's agent. Stop it, bro. <laughs> what the I saw, I
0: saw. Uh, I was listening to the Dominic Foxworth podcast, and he was like, we can all agree this is a costume, right? Like, his agent <laughs> just showed up in the most fucking Italian agent-looking thing ever. And they were like, no, there's like pictures of him all the time dressing like this. And he was like, stop it. <laughs> This shit
1: is this shit is not real. I think he just um, got an award, like an Italian award at the consulate or something it was, like that. Like he it was in Italy.
0: Foxworth was like, uh, he was like, I can tell the writer strike effect at the NFL because we just up, <laughs> we just trotted out this absolute stereotype of a uh, fucking human being. Uh,
1: yeah, but yeah, but yeah, just a, yeah, yeah. The last last thought about it, I just hope. I just need that boy Tommy DeVito to come up just two more times against the Eagles. Just one just, <laughs> yeah. just beat them at least once. If they beat them twice, I will pray to you're gonna Tommy, Tommy DeVito, you're for gonna those in Tommy my DeVito jersey, I'm going to get a, I'm going to get a Tommy DeVito jersey. I'm going to get a Tommy DeVito hat. I'm going to eat Nothing but cutlets for a whole week. If,
0: <laughs> I'm gonna go back home, and, I'm gonna go back home and live with my mother for. A month <laughs> in honor if, of Tommy DeVito.
1: Tommy DeVito, if he manages to beat the Eagles at least once.
0: Yeah, I like it. I like it. This, uh, whew, this is the Tommy DeVito fan club. If
1: uh, if he beats the Eagles. <laughs> yeah, for the next, I, they don't play him this week. They play him the week after, and I believe the season finale. So I'm like, please, Tommy DeVito, just. You know, keep that magic going just for a few more weeks.
0: For sure. But, uh, but that's the episode uh, mm-hmm. for this week. Um, you can catch me at t Bags on Instagram and Twitter.
1: And I'm at EverCastro92 on Instagram.
0: You can follow us at DipAnimalsPod on Instagram and Twitter or email us, differentanimalspodcast at gmail.com. As usual, stay safe, stay entertained, and we'll catch you guys in three weeks. Mm-hmm. Yep. Later. Peace.